Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest from Health, John Family. And now, here's your host, Rob Hasfani. It's G1 season. The summer is hot. The wrestling is even hotter. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I've been saying that a lot lately, and it's true. So much good wrestling. I am completely engulfed in the New Japan G1 Classic, their annual tournament. A lot of stuff going on in WWE. And uh, AEW is about to get started. They officially launched, they officially announced they launched their weekly TV show on October 2nd, uh, which is three months away. I'm pretty pumped for that. All Out is, of course, next month. It's kind of going to be like the big tease for the TV show. Just really excited. Everything's uh, everything's pretty fun. And uh, today on the Squared Circle Pit, we're going to have John from Health, a really fun, noisy, industrial band. And John uh, has a really interesting story in how he got back into wrestling after, you know, getting into it as a kid and uh, finds himself not really so much into WWE, but more into the New Japan stuff and just like more of the indie stuff, which is something I've actually been seeing quite a bit of lately. So it's been uh, cool uh, getting his perspective and we talk about the G1 so far. If you don't know what the G1 is, it is New Japan's annual summer tournament. And it is a round-robin tournament of two blocks. So there's 20 wrestlers split into two blocks, 10 in each block. And then in each block, every wrestler faces all the other nine wrestlers in nine separate singles matches. And then the person with the most wins in each block faces each other in the finals. And the winner of that is the G1 Climax Tournament winner, who then gets a world title shot at New Japan's biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom, in January. So it's been going on. Uh, the former Gene Ambrose, John Moxley, has been having a killer G1. The former Hideo Itami Kenta also having a killer G1. And it's been really fun. And if you haven't gotten into New Japan Pro Wrestling yet, you can watch the highlights, the best of the best, on Access TV Saturday nights. So that's another If you've been watching WWE, well, uh, they had the Raw reunion. I enjoyed seeing Steve Austin. I enjoyed uh, seeing the Mick Foley Bray Wyatt thing. It took me a second to think of something else I enjoyed. <laughs> but overall, it was a little weird. It was weird that there was no big angle. Uh, it was weird how DX made. The club looked like a bunch of suckers. And what's funny is X-Pac, I saw a clip on his podcast, was laughing about that when they were being pitched. They were like, hey, should we really be burying the club? And whoever was pitching them was like, yeah, it's fine. So who knows what's going on. But they just hired Paul Heyman to handle Raw and Eric Bischoff to handle SmackDown. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some improvements there. Anyway, let's talk New Japan right now. I want to get to my guest. Before I do, I want to mention if this is one of your first time listening, go back, check out the archives. We have so many, so many cool uh, episodes in the past. We interview rock stars about pro wrestling. We interview pro wrestlers about metal and pro wrestling as well. 
Uh, previous episodes include Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Maynard from Tool, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff, Mick Foley, so many cool past guests, Corpse Grinder from Cannibal Corpse, an all-time classic sport circle pit, and so many more. So tune in uh, and check out all the past episodes. But now, let's go to my awesome conversation about New Japan and pro wrestling in general with John from Health. Now entering the squared circle pit, Health's John Familietti. <laughs> I almost got it. Thank you. Uh, but thank you for doing the show. Yeah, I've, I've decided. I've, I've listened. I've listened to most of the episodes. Uh, you you talked to a, a bunch of guys I kind of know or do know, so I was, I was pretty tickled by that. Uh, the on the musician side, I'm guessing definitely. Music, I don't. I do not know any wrestlers. Personally. Did you feel like you learned anything from listening to Squared Circle Pit? Yes. Yes. What What did you learn? I think. Really. Um, <laughs> I think that the majority of musician types have. Uh, They've pretty much all been watching it since they were a little kid up until now, or pretty much everyone you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is your story a little different? Yes. I think I've been a, a less typical one. I think I'm more of a, uh, like, I'm actually like a more of a recent wrestling fan. Like, I watched, oh, yeah. I watched as a little kid. I like when I, you know, in the, I think probably early 90s. And I watched, they used to have a program Saturday morning. And then after that, there was WCW on a different Saturday morning channel. And I'd watch those two. And then every once in a while, we'd stay up late and we'd watch one at night. My older cousin and I. So I watched that, was into it for a while. You get older. And then about the time, like uh, Attitude Era, Ash type, type you know, started getting really popular in the mainstream, uh, people were like, hey, Hulk Hogan is a bad guy. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. So we like got into it. We, got, we all saved up money. We got Starcade 97. And we were so confused by it. And really bummed by the end we just were like man fuck wrestling. that was the one with sting right yeah and we're just like I, we didn't understand it we're like what what because what? The, the you know now when that i'm older checking the history the finish and everything we were, we were so confused and we were really bummed and then to us it was like this insane amount of money so we were just like man fuck wrestling and then so i basically missed the attitude era you know mm -hmm. wow yeah yeah that's hilarious so that like you checked in at like basically the end of the peak of the NWO because that Starcade 97 was like the beginning of the end. So it's funny yeah. that you were like, oh, no, this is bullshit. Yeah, Cause it was <laughs> really funny because my wrestling buddies that I go to everything with in L.A., like, you know, they they watch as little kids. Their the attitude era is like this is a defining moment in middle school and high school or whatever. Uh, you know, new metal, all that stuff is just this kind of moment in time. So only, you know, of course, you know, the big stuff that came through, but I never watched Raw in my life, nothing. And so only about like, I don't know, like several years ago, I, I, I've always liked re the wrestlers and the concept of wrestling, but I never watched wrestling, never enjoyed watching. Even as a kid, little kid, I never liked the matches. It was really boring, but I really liked the characters. So um, I started watching these wrestling documentaries and I was really loved like Beyond the Mat. And then I started watching all the WWE ones and I really loved watching them. But I couldn't really get into the the wrestling or the show. And then like five years ago or something like that, I, I noticed getting older, a lot of my friends are suddenly like out of nowhere, super into sports, like football or basketball. And I was like, I don't really like sports. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll just get into wrestling. So I just called my buddy and I'm like, hey, so what's up with wrestling now? And he like took me to some live raws and trying to tell me about this and that. And nothing was really hooking me. And but I still wanted to kind of get into it, but I wasn't really getting that emotional connection. And then. Then I discovered New Japan. I think I saw AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura on YouTube because it's free match. 
and it was kind of like everything I'd been like imagining or sort of looking for. And then from that, it's just sort of like through YouTube, I guess I could be like almost everything YouTube, but I started listening to like shoot interviews or like Adam Blompied and what culture. And then it just keeps like, I don't know, the algorithms keeps trying to radicalize you. And so next thing I know, I'm like, <laughs> the wrestling observer live or like you know wrestling with regret or like pretty much all day when i walk my dogs or any spare moment i'm listening to some sort of wrestling news or youtube follow-up or like or infotainment yeah sort of so let's and, take a step back uh uh what were the do you remember anything notable happening on the raws that you went to where you were like this is not really drawing me in uh, it's just the, the, the matches weren't getting me. There was like, uh, okay, I remember there was one. I actually went to a cool, I went to one that The Rock showed up at, and that was exciting. Uh, cause they were shooting that fighting with my family. Oh was, yeah. I, I, I watched the movie. It's a pretty decent movie. I kept like, I think I saw myself in one of the wide shots. I, I'm not hundred percent on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was, that was notable. There was, uh, some, some storyline with Bailey, like giving the belt back. Um, Enzo Amore. Oh, I went to No Mercy pay-per-view. And it was all right. It's like what I didn't was the what was the main event? Like they all just played uh, together from here. I don't I I went to several Raws. There's one with like Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, like Samoa Joe choked Brock Lesnar, and then they had this ambulance thing. And that was that was kind of cool. Uh No Mercy, I think there's AJ's. I can't remember. Oh, Enzo Amore won the belt from uh, Pac or uh Neville. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Okay, so this was like a, uh, two years ago or something like that. Oh, that was two years so, ago? I think I went to, uh, to Raw's before that then. Oh, whatever. Maybe it was only two years ago. But uh, recently. So yeah. Like not, so like, when did, how, how recently did you get into New Japan? New Japan, probably uh, once I was sort of, I can't remember the exact date, but I've been subscribing to New Japan for over a year, like a year and a half only. So maybe it is only two years. Uh, I went to some, I, you know, guy you interviewed, uh, Kyle Mabson. He took me to PWG. Uh, I went to like one of the last shows in Reseda that I saw, like two at the Globe. And even that was really cool because you're up close, but that wasn't like, I didn't get anything emotional. And then I started going to the New Japan events. So I went to the one at the Long Beach Pyramid and the the main event was Young Bucks, Golden Lovers. And oh, that, wow. that's, that's finally when I felt the juice. Like I got this crazy emotional, just excited out of my feet you know on my feet just um like live thing where i'm like oh i get it now you know it's like it was with music too there's this show that you see and you're like oh this is how it is you know this is what this yeah. is what chasing and that like blue you know uh no i'd seen great uh you know for me also like i think like that aj shinsuke or like i went you know because all the time i saw the okada omegas and then that's finally when i saw like wrestling matches where i was like yelling at the screen or like really invested like it was getting me emotionally whereas basically up until that point till seeing new japan matches i had like nothing like no emotional response <laughs> i absolutely know what you're what you mean uh especially with those okada omega matches like did you watch all three of their their yeah. trilogy or I guess, was it three four. yeah it was three. four yeah four by, four. By, the fourth, by the fourth I, did, I was a new japan subscriber and we were my buddies were coming over because the cool thing was they were like you know wwe guys for their entire lives and they were not hip to new japan so i gotta be like it's kind of similar to how i got into music I, basically getting rips uh, uh wrestling i'm a hipster too or I'm like oh actually you know this is cooler you know whatever <laughs> yeah right it's true and it really is a i feel like to be a new japan fan in america is akin to being like a music hipster because 
they really don't make it easy that easy for you to be a fan and you have to go out of your way set up the translation tool and, and really like seek it out because there's no weekly show you have to kind of keep up with their schedule and understand how they do things but once you're in and once you understand their process it is so rewarding that you're that I felt as you have. I gotta get more people into this so I can like talk to people about it. Yeah, I got weirdly emotionally invested in the New Japan sort of U.S. expansion. Um, and obviously, and like I got really obsessed with Kenny Omega. He's my favorite, but I really like the other guys at the top there too. So I would be like, you know, buying. You know, I drove. I couldn't uh, last minute people cancel. I, I drove alone with two tickets to SF to watch the one at the Cow Palace, and I was like really sad it wasn't sold out. And then, like, being really bummed at, like, oh, this one's not selling that good. And I'd always be checking the ticket sales or whatever. And, like, got way too wrapped up in the, uh, in the, uh, that's how I went to the G1 in <laughs> Dallas. And that's kind of how I felt. Like, I was like, wait a minute. How, like, how are there only 4,000 tickets sold to this, you know, 13,000, 14,000 person arena? This is the fucking G1, uh, for the 29th year, first year in America. Like, this is going to be huge. And I was bummed because I was like, oh, it's not going to be, the same experience because it's going to be an empty arena. It might be depressing, but I have to tell you once the show started, it felt like there were 13,000 people in there because everyone was so hyped to be there. There were no casuals. Everyone was a hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw like the uh, Okada Tanahashi. It's just like, it's crazy loud. Like the screaming, it's like, it sounds nuts. And that's that moment when the bell rang, like everybody, myself included, just marked out so hard. Like, holy cow, we're witnessing Tanahashi versus Okada, the the main event that they could offer right now, you know? Yeah, I think that's also a big problem. I think New Japan is really bad at marketing. And also yes. the rise of AEW totally, because it was the same time before it was called AEW, really nerfed the entire New Japan expansion. And it was with the same guys. And like, you know... I went to that wall, the Long Beach Pyramid sold out immediately. And then right as that was happening, they're trying to announce like a bunch of other shows, maybe too many. And then All In was happening too. And every guy I knew who's like spending way too much money on going to these events, like went to All In. I had a ticket to All In, but last one we had to do was some, uh, some band stuff. But like I... Yeah, you know, thanks a lot, up. band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then, you know, actually also, I went to Double or Nothing. This is a, I don't know if this is going to be a thing from now on. We bought secondhand tickets in the cheapest seats. You know, because uh, we couldn't get them in time. Went to Vegas. Show started. And I'm like, seems like a lot of empty seats down there because I've been to so many scalpers. So we just like walked down. And I watched the whole thing from like second row, N not on the floor, but second row bleachers. Like if you watch Double or Nothing, you can see my face on the camera. <laughs> like I got, I got a shot in there. That's great. Yeah, I mean that always. I I kind of try to do that as well. If I if I know I don't have the best seats, uh, like I, I I won seats to a big show on a giveaway. And I was like, all right, these have to be like crappy seats. You know, there's no way they're going to give me like floor tickets. But so like what I would do is go on StubHub and like the tickets stay up until doors open. So you oh, can yeah. see like half an hour before the show where the unsold tickets are and kind of like plot your way through to be like, oh, I could sneak into this section after a few matches or whatever. Because yeah, they I... stop checking after two matches. Oh, of course. They don't care. And also, yeah. the, you know, wrestling fans are uh, pretty nice people, kind of meek. They're way less often be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, they're like, uh, oh, I guess I guess you're sitting here, man. That Yeah, that's so true. Uh, like, there was a, a MSG house show. Same kind of thing. Somebody left me a ticket. God bless their souls. And it was like, it was in the, it was in like all the nosebleeds. 
And, and it was to the point that I'm like, do I even want to go to the show? And I'm like, wait, you got a free show to Madison Square Garden. You got a free ticket to Madison Square Garden. You have to go. And I just kind of walked in and walked into the lower level. I got there a little late. And it was the funniest thing because I didn't even know where I was going. I was just walking down the stairs. And then I just happened to stop just to look to see where there was an empty seat. And the person in the at the very end of the aisle just got up and was like, oh, go right ahead. Like they were letting me in. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. I guess I'll go in here. And yeah. just there happened to be two seats in the middle of that aisle that nobody claimed. And I was like, all right, I'll sit here. And nobody ever came. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, I think with the the secondhand market, like the, all the sellouts are quote unquote not fake, but there's just so many scalper tickets that are there, or even right. ticketmasters or whoever the fuck's doing it. It's not that it's like the company made the money, but the seat yeah. isn't necessarily filled. Well, like didn't even the scalper like Metallica, takes a lot. It came out recently, like uh, Metallica or their management, I would assume, like they agreed to like they were holding like this pretty large amount. Yes, so mm -hmm. there was a thing yeah. before, like in the uh, it stopped because Ticketmaster kind of figured out a way around it, but. Mm -hmm. uh, for the last few years, all the big acts, they would basically on the down low kind of uh, hoard a selection of the tickets and put them on the secondary market themselves because they were getting pissed off that scalpers were profiting off of their their business. You know, like they were it's a really weird thing because you want to give your audience a good deal. But if it's too good of a deal you're kind of like undervaluing yourself and scalpers come in and, and, and capitalize on it. So they don't want Joe Schmo to do it. They'll capitalize on it. So, yeah. but now Ticketmaster does it automatically. Yeah. StubHub is Ticketmaster. So they're, they're already doing it too. Oh, and wow. Okay. I think I, so. I'm pretty sure StubHub I is. StubHub was a different. I think, I think it's like, it's man. Ticketmaster is the most like fucked up scheme. <laughs> yeah. But that's for a different podcast. We're here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrestling. But to take it back a little, so there's something, as you know, I've asked uh, most of my guests, what came to you first, uh, pro wrestling or heavy metal? Uh, definitely. Well, actually, pro wrestling, because I watched as a little kid. I didn't even like music until I was like fucking 12, you know, or like uh, like someone had to show me to get me into music. Like I'd heard stuff, but like I didn't. I didn't like, uh, wasn't a fan, oh. actual fan, but I was a fan as a little kid of wrestling. So I guess wrestling, but I didn't really stick with wrestling until very recently. What, what was like the music that drew you in? Uh, to music? Well, first actually it was uh, punk. So I think a lot of uh, my friends sent me a cassette tape, one side Dead Kennedys, other side Sonic Youth. And then from that point, when I was actually listening to any metal, I think just, just like for everybody, it's, it's uh, well, actually, it's Black Sabbath for me. Black Sabbath is one of my favorite bands of all time. And then also in San Diego, where I grew up, they had a mandatory Metallica every night on the radio. So everything and my best, but like everything is Metallica, it's Metallica, 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 and everything sort of trickled off that. Or we'd be hanging out with my uh, reject buddies. So we had a, my, uh, my friend, his older brother was like way older than us, like nine years and he, he had no job. And we would just like hang out with him and like buy him beer. And he would like, uh, we'd get high, but, and he'd like play guitar in front of us. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was just playing these uh, Metallica songs. And I thought he was like the most brilliant guitar player in the world. <laughs> but then I found out like a year later. <laughs> and most of the shit we got in through him because he was this super, uh, he kind of looked like James Hetfield and he cut all his hair to look like the 90s era James Hetfield. And, and uh, we, you know, borrowed all his CDs and he got us into like a lot of classic rock and, and heavy metal and Iron Maiden and shit like that. 
That's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, AEW and how it kind of killed New Japan. I was also very worried when uh, they left because I was like, man, I really love seeing Kenny Omega in New Japan. Like, Young Bucks, I love those guys, but I mean, I'm not, I don't need to see them in New Japan. I actually felt like they should have left New Japan because they weren't really integrated into the stories the, that last year. They were kind of just like special guests that would come on the big shows. Yeah. Same with Cody. But like Kenny Omega was like in it. He was doing those tag matches. You know, he was on the full tours. Uh, and I yeah. love that. Fucking, this is the greatest ever. I mean, or maybe, I don't know, greatest now. Uh, just well, like and a few other guys. You know, it's like it's hard to say because he hasn't really. He has had like two matches in, in this year, so it's well, like actually this year. It's not I guess the greatest this year. Yeah, yeah. And also this year AEW is kind of a weird fit because basically, I you know, if I'm running AEW, you know, you got to sell us to America, but like I feel like the whole system is just set up for Kenny to have these the real matches like he did in New Japan, like in an American setting with these right. like, American vibe, and they don't have an opponent for him. There is no agree top guy who is Kenny's match that he can have those matches with. There's no one on their roster right now. I mean, yeah, like I feel like uh, with Jericho, for example, at double or nothing, it's like, that was like a main event style match, quote unquote, you know, like he, that was Omega doing more of a Jericho match. Jericho can't keep up with Omega. Well, Wrestle Kingdom was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think that I think Jericho was like, I can't do that again. I'm a fucking old man. Like he t- he took the took the one week angel on a fucking chair. I yeah. think that must like they was this is an insane match, you know. And <laughs> so they didn't go even half as hard at Double or Nothing, you know. Yeah. So when when they all left, I was kind of worried for New Japan. Like, am I still gonna love New Japan? And I'm happy to report, <laughs> I love New Japan more than ever. And I think. In a way, like the losses, like I feel other, like you kind, you kind of feel Kenny being gone. Other than that, it's like they're just as good as ever, and they've replenished their roster. It's great. Like their pacing is my favorite pacing of any pro wrestling company. No, they kind of do everything. I don't know how New Japan does it. Like they can always create new stars. Because I was basically like, well, I'm done with New Japan now, and I'm watching. I'm like, you know, it's, you don't even need to think that that Kenny's not there because like they have. They have all those dudes at the top, and they're, they're creating new guys. Like, I'm watching the G1. Yeah. Like, shit, these mid-card guys are fucking cool. Well, you know, like, I'm super getting into it. The only thing I'm, like, weird on is, like, I know Jay White was supposed to be this, like, Kenny replacement or something. Or, like, oh, he's, like, a cool, edgy white guy. And it's, like, it's, it's not. That's the only thing. Where I'm, like, I don't know. Maybe. He's, he's, just their, he's just their top white guy. Like, their top yeah. guy, Jean, as they but say. But, like, you know, Will Ospreay is, like, he's basically the new Kenny. I agree. You know, he's fucking crazy. And like that, him and Okada, the G1 is like fucking insane. Like you could do, he could be Wrestle Kingdom headliner and do a fucking, you know, Kenny match, period. You know, he's he's amazing. He's one of the few people that I feel are, are, have gotten to that level that that you're talking about. And with this G1, he, all of his matches have been must see. They're amazing. I just don't want him to get paralyzed. I agree. It's very scary watching him and Ibushi too with his broken yeah, ankle. Which is fucking crazy. He's also he's he's a top guy. You know he can, he's my favorite. Yeah, like he's my absolute favorite. I thought I he was going to go to uh, uh, AEW, but well, you know I think my alt still my favorite guys and just like a character who I'm going to mark out the hardest for in New Japan is just Naito because he's so fucking cool and he must be really cool because I don't even know what the fuck he's saying. He doesn't even speak English, so it's I, re- I really like the gimmick. Not a hundred percent sure what it's about, but like in terms of what he's saying, but the you know everything. New Japan, you weirdly can you just get it. You can just watch it, you know, and you, and yeah, 
be really into the guys. And it's like a it's really cool. I like his ring gear too. I'm, I don't know if this is a thing for you, but I really prefer wrestlers with pants. But I like how Naito has shorts with the uh, the, the knee pads. I feel like to 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 rock old school trunks, you gotta be really buff or really big. <laughs> That's a very weird so, personal thing. So how did you feel when Okada went from the trunks to the pants back you know, to the trunks? I think it the trunks were the trunks better for Okada. Yeah. yeah, trunks are better. For some reason, the pants were weird. But what I like his not like Naito's. He's got more of like basketball shorts. Almost. Like they're a little longer, a little more like bike shorts. Yeah, <laughs> it's good luck. Yeah, I mean, they got their looks down in New Japan, I feel like. They know what they're doing with presentation. Oh, that's the thing. So New Japan, and that's what got me immediately when I was, you know, kind of getting trying to get into wrestling, is that I love the presentation, the way the camera is shot, uh, how it's really dark, the look of the ring. And even it's kind of funny that's like the, the, I don't know if this like works in their favor, the streams, it's not full HD. It's like, kind of. I, like, that's so frustrating for me. Uh, it's yeah, like 480p. Like it's not quite 720p. Yeah, it's, it's like not great, which is bullshit. But it does weird. It's like this artificial, not grittiness, but like everything about the presentation of New Japan feels very, very cool and very real. Like they don't do any crazy whip pans or you know. It's like the presentation is awesome. Like it's like arty. It's presented like sport, like like you're watching yeah. a basketball game or a soccer game. Whereas WWE is presented like they they try to present it as entertainment, like an action show, and it yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Uh, well, that would be fine if they were really really good at that. Like it's really scripted, it's really fictional. But you have these amazing cliffhangers and storylines, but that's not what's happening. So you just don't. You're just like, huh? <laughs> it's just weird, and it is too bright. You know, like uh, old WWE doesn't exact, doesn't look like that. But I yeah, I love the new New Japan presentation is my ultimate favorite. So I, that's what I thought AEW is basically going to do because I feel like New Japan had kind of the perfect product or close to it. It's actually in retrospect, it is so Japanese, and so a lot of things are are not what Americans are going to want in wrestling. So I figured AEW is going to do that. But watching AEW now, it seems like it's going to be a lot more WWE than I thought, which is probably the right thing to do. I think that's what that's what Americans want. They what are your thoughts? What have you been following the AEW shows? Like, yeah, I, uh, I watched nothing. I watched uh, fuck. I watched Fighter Fest, and I did not watch uh, what's the name? Fight for the Did not watch that. Uh, Fighter Fest is all right, but it wasn't like Double or Nothing was really good. I thought I, I was kind of there, so maybe I might have been a little swayed by. No, it, it was really good. I, I watched it on TV. It was great. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about the undercard or the pre-show, but that's usually with everything. Honestly, I think it's that's always the. Most of those shows, I'm way more about the the main events, but uh, it's the Double or Nothing was great. Yeah, the undercard was awesome. I mean, all the matches were great there. I feel like as they they have to find their pacing, like they're like kind of you were saying they're doing a little more WWE. I kind of think there's some things they do more WWE. There's some things they do Japan. There's some things that they do. It's just tongue in cheek comedy, but there's no like. Um, cohesiveness to it it feels yeah. like it feels like a mixtape you know like every match is like a different thing uh just it happens to be happening in the same arena and as interesting as that sounds like it might work on a pwg show I, i'm not sure it would work as a weekly thing yeah. i'm gonna hold I ultimately i hold my uh, reservations until i see how they do a weekly because it's just one-off shows no i, but, I like there's so much stuff on there where I think it's like that's way too like indie tastic or indie super indie shit. It's like yeah, cool. and it gets overwhelming. Like if you're not watching, like I'm following their YouTube clips. Like they have their weekly mini episodes, which is fun. But 
if you're not doing that, and most of their audience at these bigger shows aren't, you have no idea who these people are. And they're, I feel that they didn't do a really good job of introducing these new characters. They just kind of show up on screen, and you have to kind yeah. of figure well, out for yourself what the character is. Like, I, I don't know how much more time I can put into following wrestling shit on YouTube. However, I do not watch Being the Elite because I find it, like, really not funny. Uh, and so, like, there's all this shit the whole show. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Who the fuck is this? That's, no that's a great point. Yeah, like if you're not watching, I kind of scan through it. I, I get what you're saying. Like some of their attempts at comedy are just not good. And it's like when I kind of can pick up what the joke is, I just scan through because there is storyline development in that mm -hmm. show. But they do have another uh, series called like The Road to, like right now, Road to All Out. And that's yeah, all that's serious. Like yeah, and those are actually really, they're, they're really good. They're really good promos. Like John Moxley just did a really good promo uh, about his match. Awesome. With, yeah, about his. Well, he, so the promo he did about his match with Kenny Omega at All Out, he's saying, like, I'm studying you. I'm, I went, I'm going to, I'm in Japan right now to, to learn about the ghost of Kenny Omega and see what your wrestling style is all about. So he kind of like, like put in his G1 ex excursion as part of his AEW storyline, which is awesome. Yeah, and also, I don't know if you find this, so I find John Moxley, like, I never really cared about Dean Ambrose. I'm like, damn, John yeah. Moxley's fucking cool. And uh, this is, I don't know if you feel the same way. Every time he's on screen, I just laugh my ass off because when he comes on stage, my buddy and I were joking, it's like he's stone cold, but he's on Molly. Like, he just did a shitload of Molly. <laughs> and the second he hit the hit the stage, because he's, like, rolling his shoulder, so especially in America, his mouth's open. It's like his mouth's trying. Yeah, I totally see it now. You're right. He's just, it's like, oh, I feel so good. Molly <laughs> or some sort of amphetamine. He just he just took some speed. <laughs> yeah. And it's all like he like likes getting hurt because he's just rolling so hard. Feels great. You know, it's, it cracks me up. And uh, so with the G1, do you have like some standout matches? Because you're all caught up. I, I I'm yeah. I'm a little behind on the last night. But we'll, what are your Okada and Osprey is number one for me. Obviously, that's like. What I like about wrestling is I don't, I'm not like an expert in it. So I just respond to what I respond to, which is great because this shit I get into, I'm like too into it or music. Like I do music. So you start looking at it differently. Uh, so for me, like all the New Japan stuff I like with all the crazy ass shit, like that was fucking amazing. I really wanted Osprey to go over. I thought he was going over. Uh, New Japan really gets you with the near falls. I don't know how they do it. Mm -hmm. I think they have a formula, but it really works. It really works on me. Uh, and uh, obviously the Moxie Ishii. I don't know if that's really five stars, but I don't. I'm not a G. I don't, I'm no fucking wrestling pro. I really liked it though. I thought that was a great match. All the Moxie matches have been pretty awesome. Moxie's really cool. I didn't know he was like. I don't know what the difference is when you leave promotions. Do they just let you do your own match in New Japan, or they have their own system? I've got no. I think they do. Yeah, like he's not as restricted. Like that's the kind of the whole thing. I feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Those are the two best matches of the whole thing so far. Uh, under that, I would say was uh ibushi and osprey like if if that okada and osprey match <laughs> wasn't around everyone yeah. would be talking about ibushi and osprey yeah, especially yeah, yeah. because ibushi had a broken ankle and two days before osprey couldn't even get out of bed like that's nuts to think about how great of a match they had when both of them were injured yeah. uh you know what's fucked up if you get injured as a wrestler you have to put that injury into the storyline so then your match everyone has to hit you where you're like in pain yeah, I, that, it's it's. I always think about that. How much that must suck because you want to be like, "Hey, take it easy on my arm," but it has to be the other way just so it makes sense in the in the story or whatever. And uh, from the first night, I thought uh, Osprey and Lance Archer was great. Like, I never really cared about Lance Archer until this. I don't thing. know who he was. 
Yeah, uh, every Ishii, Ishii is like one of my top guys in general. The Stone Pitbull, like his match with Jeff Cobb, he always delivers. Yeah, so the G1, I basically went because I never really paid attention to mid-card or whatever in uh, New Japan that much. And I now through watching G1, I think like, Ishii is like really fucking cool. Like, obviously he's been around, but I never watched any of his matches, really. Uh, I like this, um, because it's a really goofy-ass gimmick. This uh, Tai Chi just cracks me up. This, this, uh, like, heel, like, Final Fantasy dude gimmick. (laughs) Because New Japan's all, like, highbrow, but they still do all kinds of stupid shit, you know? Yeah, like Naito, I mean, not Naito, uh, Yano. Yano beating Naito. That fucking, I was like, what the fuck is this? It's amazing. People had told me, like, oh, it's like this comedy wrestler. Like it's like Japanese sensibility or something, but like you know, wrestling is wrestling. Like even in New Japan, they got it. They still do hilarious, goofy ass shit sometimes. You know, right? Yeah. Like what I love about Yano is like his superpower <laughs> is his his brain, like his smarts. He can't beat you wrestling because he's not as good of a wrestler as Naito or Okado. But he has all these tricks to cheat, and like to be a good wrestler, you have to counteract his. His cheating. So it's like a completely different match than any other match. Kind of like a Zack Sabre match where like all of his matches are just him putting you in a pretzel hold and you have to get out of it, you know? Like yeah, to- I, I th- I'm one of the, 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 the people in the crowd who like, I don't fully get Zack Sabre Jr. Because it's like, it's, it's really weird. I've seen him a bunch of times though because he's done like tons of indies and stuff in LA. But like, yeah, it's like, it's really, submission stuff and wrestling is always really weird because like it's, you know, you know, now with MMA, you know what submission kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone submits, it always makes them look weak. So it's like, it's really, it's really complicated sometimes. Well, so I, see, the thing, what I like about Zach, though, like I get what you're saying with the looking weak, though. But what's great about his style is he will get you in a submission where there is, it is literally impossible to escape. You, you can't move your arms. You can't move your legs. You have no choice but to submit. So even like the strongest, toughest guy, like he has a way to beat him, you know? So it's like, yeah. that's his superpower so well, that's kind oh, of what I, I feel he is an acquired taste though that's your well that is cool it mixes stuff up because you know watching g1 i'm watching so many fucking matches in a row and they're all so great and what's great about new japan is everyone is pretty much like all the heels are strong everyone's strong so everyone's match is insane and it does get kind of like desensitizing like there's so i'm watching so many matches in a row that are all amazing but they're just all hard hitting and you know well so it's good to have something to mix it up and like even toriano like Hey, it's different, you know, it's funny or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And exactly. It's like you're having and you're having matches daily. So you gotta you gotta do something new, something different. So these guys kind of change it up and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the, all the new, all the foreign guys I, I was not familiar with, like a Jeff Cobb. Is he like an indie guy or something? Or yeah, well, he's in Ring of Honor and he's been in PWG. Yeah, like he's basically been all around the Indies and he's been great. I don't know if you've seen Lucha Underground. He was on that Never. show. There's, man, I don't even know how you could follow so many things like New Japan. I now have AW. I you know kind of follow other stuff with YouTube, but like, man, that's a so much fucking wrestling. It's really. Hard. I agree. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep up for sure, especially with New Japan right now with the G1. Yeah, that just becomes my priority. I haven't really been watching NXT or. Scanning through raw for the most part, but got to see the G1 though. Oh yeah. Well, this is my first time actually last year. I was like, I'm going to do it. And then like, you know, didn't get around to it. And then it was like, I already, I'm now I've like unsubscribed everything on Twitter or Instagram. Cause I'm <laughs> having match results spoiled. And that was the hardest thing at new Japan. Cause it's like the time zone. You don't want yeah. them to watch it live. Well, the positive of being on the West Coast is it's it's more doable. Like the shows start at like eleven or something at night. Which yeah, I mean, but the shows are like four hours, so the main event yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like five. Yeah. So we wanted to watch Kenny and Okada live. And it was like, that's going to go on like 6 a.m. I was like, God damn it. But then I got <laughs> up and I checked my fucking phone, immediately spoiled. And I was like, God damn it. Like, that would have been so awesome if I didn't know the finish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So on those big show days, I just set up like mute filters. Yeah. Like I turn off my, I delete Instagram off my phone. That's great. Just, I, that's great. I, I don't, I don't want those because I'm the same. Like I want to, I don't mind being spoiled, but it's so much better when you don't know the result. Oh, no. Know? It's awesome. Also, like then I, I fully mark out for all the, you know the you know, the near falls everything you know because it's that's yeah. not knowing sometimes new day. japan is so good i could know the result and i will be still marking out for the near falls when i know like no this guy isn't winning you know like it still grips me sometimes yeah new japan so does good. that they like lead you to i don't know how they do it they lead you to it or they'll do i love that they do stuff that is not always two it sometimes is one or they'll do shit they did a shit i think before i saw one show they actually counted the three but it didn't count so they totally faked you out and it was crazy they went like uh, I forgot what show that was. Was that, was that the one on Long Beach? It was. It was awesome. Like really awesome. Yeah, they know what they're doing there. Um, so who do you think is going to win the G one or, or go to the finals? Well, I was, I was assuming that you know I thought it was going to be like Naito or Abushi, and then that's the Wrestle Kingdom main event because like Naito, he still like he lost. What was it Wrestle Kingdom twelve? He mm-hmm. lost the main event. Like, isn't he due? I mean, he's the coolest guy. But, yeah, he uh, is too. But now You're it's right. like, and then like, Okada's undefeated, and then Moxley's undefeated, and then Kenta's undefeated. So, like, I mean, as long as I, I like Moxley, I'm like, damn, you're just going to have this guy just run trains through the whole G1? Uh, <laughs> I guess, is that the plan? And then does he just fight? That's not, not as exciting to me. Then So he fights Okada, and then Okada beats him, but then Okada can choose his opponent i don't know that it's not as exciting for me so i i know it's possible to come from behind which is cool i would really thought it was going to be abushi or something you know some uh, abushi could still win it if he wins the, all of his matches and that would be really exciting because that would be yeah because i think also like with okada he usually loses towards the end like you know yeah. I, I could see sonata beating okada because they've wrestled like six times and okada's always beat him i can't believe they didn't so this, get Osprey. oh here's one thing too with the g1 obviously it's really cool guys from the same factions can fight each other because yeah. you know, almost all the stories in the ring, I feel like they didn't do enough storytelling where it's like Okada's gonna fight Osprey. He's literally gonna beat the shit out of him. That there's some sort of like Japanese honor code where it's like, oh, we are on the same team, but now we will fight each other. You know, we will not go easy on each other. Something like that, just for the storyline. Well, uh, the reason they actually did that very specific story, I think it's they're trying to not repeat themselves because uh, last year they uh-huh. faced each other for the anniversary show. And it was that, that like, Oh, you're my teammate. But like uh, okay. at the anniversary show, like there's always a tradition that the world champion faces the junior champ. So they uh, face each other. And that was kind of the story they told there that he was trying to okay, take cool. it easy on him. But Osprey was like, no, I'm going to beat you. So you better stop. That's that's pretty sweet. And so many things that new Japan does is just really, really cool. Uh, like yeah. that. The, yeah, the, man, I mean, you don't got to tell me I got tickets today for New York and Philly <laughs> for that tour. Well, that's yeah, coming. I have season. tickets. I'm doing the Super J Cup in Long Beach again. I don't know even know who's on it, though. That's the weird thing, too. They announced the shows without the card. So, yeah, I hope Osprey is there. I don't know if he needs. To yeah, be. he's definitely on there. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Gonna okay, that's great. OK, it's worth it. Uh, it's, he's going to be there. Show and yo. Uh, I got like a flyer for it at the Dallas show. I was like, show yo, Osprey, Phantasmo, Dragon Lee, who's amazing. I saw the SF where Dragon Lee broke uh, time bomb. Oh, God. That was horrible. 
Yeah, is he no, okay? Sorry. He's still he's, recovering. He should have been yeah, back, so I don't know. It's hard oh, to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, the Super J Cup, then they're doing the U.S. shows. And, you know, if you're listening and you hear us talking about New Japan, you want to get in it. It's on Access TV, Saturday nights. Perfect time to start watching. Uh, John, thank you so much uh, for for hanging out on the Squared Circle Pit. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I have this actually this idea for you can cut this out. But for future people, because you're mostly uh, well, you uh, interview a lot of musicians. You should do mm-hmm. like a James Lipton, like five question at the end. So you mm-hmm. can ask uh, who their favorite wrestler is. Uh, if they were a wrestler, what would they be? Would they be a healer face, a gimmick, their look, their finisher and their entrance music? And then I suppose you'd reverse it for a for a wrestler. You could ask them if they were a, what their favorite band, what kind of band they would be in. All right, I like that. I'm going to start it right now. Uh, <laughs> but you you have to ask yourself the questions because I don't. Oh, remember. okay. All right. Shit. Uh, I should probably should have thought about this a little more. Uh, <laughs> I think this is more funny, a lot more funny, if I imagine myself as a WWE style wrestler because he'd be a lot funnier. Uh, I think this is a probably a bad idea. I would be a heel, uh, like a tech billionaire heel, like a Steve Jobs kind of character uh who looks kind of like a really buff steve jobs and he's a total asshole and he like drinks soylent and like thinks he does everything better than everyone and he's super rich uh <laughs> sorry it's the best thing i got uh uh finisher i think the best finishers are ones you can do without a whole lot of setup so it'd have to be something like a ddt or a uh like a stone cold stunner or rko something you can do really fast so some twist on that and then entrance music, I would do uh, King Knight by uh, by Salem. Oh. All right. I like it. Yeah. That's a good... So I good... guess if I was in New Japan style, I guess, I don't know I don't know Japanese culture that well enough. I would assume since I'm half Korean, I would have some sort of Korean gimmick because Japanese Koreans don't like each other. And then I'd be like, a, I would talk shit about Japan the whole time. So I'd be like a total heel, like badass. Oh. Heel. Nice. I didn't realize uh, Japanese people and Korean people didn't like each other. I got a complicated history. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Well, John, uh, do you want to uh, promote the band? How can people check out the band? Oh, we have yes, We yes. didn't really talk about your band. <laughs> oh, yeah. So please check out uh, our latest album. It's called Volume 4 Slays of Fear. Uh, Metal Injection gave it a 9 out of 10. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, we're Obviously, we're on Spotify, uh, everywhere. Instagram. The band is Health, by the way. Yeah, we should mention health. Health, like your, like your health, like for your health. For your health. Oh, we. I guess we are uh, technically. Uh, I guess you'd say industrial, but uh, that might give you pretty hard to define. Band underscore health underscore is our Instagram, and thank you. Please check us out. Yeah, a little very noisy industrial. It's good stuff. John, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. To talk to me here on the Square Circle Pit. Thank you for having me, Rob. That was awesome. Now I'm just more excited to go and watch more New Japan G1 matches. I will be back in two weeks. Speaking of New Japan, I have a really awesome guest, El Fantasmo. I'm going to be talking to him. He was, of course, sold the show at the Best of the Super Juniors tournament a few weeks ago. And he's going to be in the Super J Cup. And a really cool dude from Canada. We talked about a lot of cool stuff. So look for that in a few weeks. You could uh, keep up with the Squared Circle Pit on Twitter, Squared Circle Pit with no E in circle, or on Facebook, just search Squared Circle Pit. And I am Rob Injection on all social media. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.